Hey, what's up, guys? This is your girl, Coco, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Kiki and with Coco. If you are new to the show, let me tell you a little bit about it. It's about life in general with an emphasis on relationships. I have my friends, family, or guests come on the show, and we basically kiki about whatever the topic of the day is. Today's guest I have with me, super dope lady, um, she she going to get you all the way together when it comes to this eating thing. So, Tiffany, you want to go ahead and say what's up and just tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, so, yeah, thank you so much for having me. My name is Tiffany R. Davis. And a little bit about myself uh, personally is that I'm a Southern Belle. So I'm um, a <laughs> South Carolina native and currently still live here. I am the baby girl of seven. I know I am not spoiled and um, I love food and culture and people and community and I have a business feed your inner chef and that's what I'll be talking about a little bit today. All right. Thank you. Ooh, seven children. It must have been busy up in y'all house. <laughs> yes. And I love it too. I love it. It's so much fun. Okay. Okay. That's what's up. I'm sure the family gatherings are always lit. <laughs> Yes, all of us are stair steps, so it's like we're all like a couple, you know, three years apart, so yeah. it's actually really cool, yeah. Okay, okay, so yeah, I, I'm excited to get into the Kiki session today, but before we go into that, we'll start off with the drink with Coco, so Tiffany, I mentioned to you earlier, your the drink of the day is normally recommended by the guests. It doesn't have to be alcoholic. Um, so tell us what your favorite drink is or what you're going to recommend today. What I recommend today is a really nice tea. Now you can drink this tea either hot or cold. And in this time of year, especially if you're in the South, you're probably going to want to drink this cold. But it mm -hmm. is an hibiscus tea. You ever heard of hibiscus? Oh, we had that on the soul? show. We had that okay. on the show last week. <laughs> oh, y'all did? I didn't even hear yes. it. I didn't know that. Did you have you actually tasted it? I did. I um actually made the drink too. Isn't it delicious? It is. It was really good. Um, and I did it with cinnamon, cloves, and uh I think that was it, cinnamon and cloves. And then I put honey in it for the uh, sugar factor, but it was nice. really good. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's one of my favorite teas because also you can do ginger in it and ginger actually levels it up a little bit more too. But I okay. like it for the kind of the sweetness and tartness of it, but also mm -hmm. um, it has a lot of health benefits to it. It actually is known to help lower blood pressure. So not mm -hmm. only is it delicious, but also it's beneficial, um, known to be beneficial um, for mm -hmm. lowering blood pressure. Okay, so when I make the drink this week, I'll do a different twist on it because I did I did two drinks last week with it. I did just a regular tea, like just sip the tea. And then I did like an actual mixed drink with tequila with it. And so um, the next drink, I'll try and do like a Sorrel um, drink, like how they make 
in Jamaica and stuff like that, which yep. is really good. If you go to an actual Jamaican restaurant, you'll be able to order it. And plus, I have a lot of that hibiscus syrup that I made, so I'm going to put it to use. <laughs> Ooh, it's going to be so good. So now, do you drink it cold or hot, or you just had it just cold? I had it hot the last time I made it. Okay, so. Um, I think this go round, I'll be able to make a cold drink with it. Mm-hmm. Yes, because <laughs> uh, last week's episode was about um, like organic, like naturally trying to get pregnant versus like, you know, when people are having difficulties. And so the lady I had on that week, she was like, I'm a tea drinker. So I'm like, yeah, it's okay for the tea drink. So I enjoy them, like, especially during the summer months or even spring or just when you able to like get out on like whatever type of outside terrain you have around your house, like a balcony, back porch, a yard, like it's just something you can just chill and sip and just enjoy. Well, let me add one other tea that I really do like. Have you ever heard of Roibus tea? Mm-mm. It's R-O-O-I-B-O-S. Mm -hmm. um, add that to your list, your repertoire of great teas that you would be wanting to try, I think, for the summer. It is, again, um, delicious as far as the taste, but also it does have a lot, it's going to have a lot of different health um, benefits as well. So, yes. Okay. Yeah. So, y'all definitely try that tea out, um, whether it's the hibiscus or the, you said rooibos? Yes. Robust okay. Tea the robust tea um you know and just let me know what y'all think especially for the actual tea drinkers out there you know try like she said add something to your repertoire yeah so this week we are not going to have a word on the street I've been extremely busy this week preparing to take a road trip home to Chicago and so I haven't been on social media as much but you know we still had this episode scheduled so we here we giving y'all some good good info this week so we gonna go ahead and roll into the hot cup of cocoa So as Tiffany says, she has a business called FYI Chef, Feed Your Inner Chef. And the reason I wanted her to come on to the show is because she focuses a lot, uh, a lot on different foods from the African diaspora. So if you wonder what the diaspora is or the African diaspora is, it is basically all of the people that come from Africa, wherever you are in the world whether that is the Caribbean, actual Africa, like we are literally all over the world. I remember going to Tokyo and walking in the street and this African woman walked up to me and I'm like, what the hell are you doing over here in Japan? Talking about, come to my shop, come to my shop. I'm like, no girl, I know what y'all did in Africa. You're not about to sell me into sex slave. <laughs> I said, it's nice to see you over here, girl, but I'm not going nowhere with you. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, um, but you know, I, I think it's important that we have these types of conversations because 
as technology is growing, as Black people are becoming more well-traveled, I think it's important to understand like things of the African culture. A lot of that stuff may have been forgotten over time. So I think it's nice to be able to discuss these things now and, and learn about it. So um, you want to start off with just telling us how you got into, how you started your business or what made you want to put a focus on foods of the African diaspora? Okay. Yeah. So um, how I got started was um, this nonprofit organization called um, Always Health Through Heritage. Have you ever heard of the Mediterranean diet, diet pyramid or the Mediterranean I, diet? I don't think so. Okay. Well, if it's not um, like the regular, it's not like the regular food pyramid, is it? <laughs> it is not. Okay, no, I ain't it is it. not. <laughs> However, a lot of people have, may have heard about the Mediterranean diet, but it is based upon a food pyramid, kind of like the the sad standard American diet is based upon. Get that sad sad sad. Mm -hmm. The um, American diet is based upon a food pyramid as well. So this was well, this one is created by again always, and they actually base these food pyramids on ethnicities. So mm -hmm. like the Mediterranean one is based upon people of the Mediterranean region. So yeah. they have one for Asians, they have one for um, Hispanic, they also have one for African-Americans. So that's okay. how I was originally introduced as an ambassador through the program. Mm -hmm. And they have a curriculum based upon like um, information, recipes, and then just statistics around um, African-Americans in our um, numbers, for example, diabetes, high blood pressure. And so from doing that for about five years, I started back in like, I think it was like 2007, 2008. It's been a while ago. They mm -hmm. did it again for a, a, quite a few years, probably about five years. And then I really started learning for myself, just all the benefits of the African diaspora foods in these recipes. Again, not only were they delicious, but also they just had so many nutritional benefits. And I realized how similar they are to what I already ate. So right. we could be talking about collard greens. We could be talking about sweet potatoes, you know, mm -hmm. rice, things that probably most black people eat every day. Yeah. But maybe it's just prepared a little bit differently. So you're not lacing it maybe with a lot of butter or um, maybe like with just a lot of unnecessary fats or, and, and, that, and more importantly, substituting it for more healthier options like um, herbs or spices, that kind of thing. And so mm -hmm. from that, I said, you know what? I could actually do this for my own business because they had a lot of the same recipes and I love food. Mm -hmm. I'm actually in the food industry. I've been working in a commercial kitchen for about four years, actually on a major university here in the area. Mm -hmm. And so um, I've been through some culinary programs. Um, I, I'm actually, I actually have a nutrition background, I have my degree in nutrition. So I'm just always trying to build on my level of understanding and knowledge. So mm -hmm. I said, well, I'm going to take this on for myself. And that's why I created Feed Your Inner Chef. Because as a culinary person, I still want people to really focus on not just their individual selves, but also their individual tastes and yeah. to understand that there is a variety of food and those foods should be, if you believe that we are Af of African descent, that those foods should be more eating of what's, um, what would be regionally available for us to eat mm -hmm. and how those food benefit your body overall. Mm hmm so what are some examples of 
food that maybe we don't normally eat that comes from the African diaspora. Okay. You know, one thing that I think the first thing I noticed was, um, and I think that is the fact that you probably would think of it, but it's just one of the things that if it's not really brought to your awareness, you probably wouldn't. Mm-hmm. But um, any kind of like um, tuber. So you ever heard of yams? Yeah. Not sweet potatoes, but yams. No, yams. Yeah, I, I know it's a difference. Yam yeah, is white okay. and sweet potato is that yes. orange color. Ding, ding, mm-hmm. ding. Right. <laughs> so, and some people don't even realize that there is a difference, first of all. But that's one of the things that I personally didn't know that was still in the same family, though, of like a sweet potato. Um, that because it's a tuber, you know, grows underground. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was one of the things, even when I talk to most people, they don't know that. Now, let me ask you, how did you know that, Crystal? So surprisingly, when I lived in Hawaii, I think I was looking, I was in the grocery store and it said yams, but the yam was <laughs> white. And I'm like, this ain't no yam, yams is orange. And then somebody was like, no, yams are really orange and sweet potatoes are um yellow or the orange the orange color yeah yeah yams are white and sweet potatoes are the orange color and so I'm like oh okay and then actually when I went to Nigeria a few years ago um one of the dishes that they use or make is called pounded yams and it's white yep there you go and um that's a good point and and kind of the same conversation I had um went to an event where there was, um, I think they actually were Nigerian, but they had to serve, serve the um, goosey soup with mm-hmm. the pounded yam. Yeah, and, had that and you eat it yes. with your hands. Yes, 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 yes. yes. So yeah, yes, your fufu mm-hmm. with your um, goosey soup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's one of the things, and there's many others, but like even like something like a mango, I don't know if people would think of that as being something that's part of the asper, but Africa is very tropical in a lot of areas, depending on where you are. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of fruit that are associated with um with um the African diaspora. So again, things like mangoes or pineapples, that kind of thing. Again, you may not think of it like that, but it's something that you normally eat. Um, but I'm trying to think of something else you wouldn't think of as part of it that I learned well like um even like the hibiscus tea for example mm-hmm. I don't know that most people realize like you were talking about the whole Jamaican um is very popular there yeah um, and one other thing I will say speaking of that is like um different greens like mm-hmm. I know we've heard of like collard greens mustard greens but um for example there's one called Kalaloo um mm-hmm. I don't, have you ever heard of Kalaloo I've heard of it but I don't know if I realized we, we were talking about a green or something <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Kalaloo is, and I've actually had it before because there um, are certain markets here, like international mm-hmm. markets, where yeah. you get different type of greens there. And then one other thing I was going to mention is just different grains. Mm-hmm. Um, so think of grains like rice. But mm-hmm. um, I think that one that people really probably think of is more like quinoa, stuff like that. But even stuff like um, fonio, F-O-N-I-O. It's mm-hmm. actually become a little bit more popular now, but um, it's actually one of those grains that's a whole grain that's actually indigenous to Africa, for example. Okay. Um, what about, is Frika a grain? And the reason I bring this up is because you know our girl Toya, she she eats the, the Frika and she talks about it. So can you just tell us a little bit about like what that is? 
Yeah, Frika is in the whole grain family. So there's so many. And this is again why I like to talk about African diaspora foods and then just varieties and things you can substitute. For example, a processed white rice mm-hmm. would be something like, like I said, the fonio, amaranth, bulgur, quinoa, frika. There's so many different varieties, but they are a whole grain. And basically mm-hmm. what that means that there's three parts of this grain and that they're all still intact. Okay. So when it's processed, all the goodness and the nutrients are stripped away and all you have left is the, the white part that is mostly sugar. Right. You know, the carbohydrate. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> I haven't had an opportunity to look into the Frika, but I say I'm going to try it out. You know, try something different. But Good. so I know you mentioned <laughs> like international markets. So is that where you would say people could pretty much buy the the different types of food? Yes, absolutely. I've been very fortunate to discover um, an Africa, Jamaican, Caribbean market in my area. So I'm in, okay. I'm in Greenville, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And there is actually an owner from Cameroon. So he's from Cameroon, Africa. Mm-hmm. And um, again, as I started my own business and learning more about African diaspora food, I literally start searching online of where I can get other things. Yeah. So one of them is this African Jamaican Caribbean market and where they actually sell the big yams. They have different spices, um, greens and things, whether that be dried. Um, Aki, you ever heard of Aki? Yes, I actually okay. love Aki and I learned <laughs> how to make it um, some years ago. So Aki and Sawfish. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's, girl, you own it. Oh, I love it. <laughs> but yes, they have like and Aki is actually a fruit, but it don't taste like fruit. It looked more like eggs, scrambled eggs. Yes. Where <laughs> did you find yours at? Um, when I was in Virginia, there was a, a Caribbean market that See? I would go to to get it. Yep. That makes sense. So yeah, mm-hmm. so you have, um, an, um, like mine is called the African Jamaican Caribbean market, but yeah, a market like that, or yep. sometimes you can find things like that at an Hispanic market. Mm-hmm. Although they have um, things that are kind of part of the African diaspora, they may just have a, a, a section that may be Caribbean or African. I've seen that before in some of those yeah. markets. Um, and then sometimes depends on what grocery store you go to, like a Publix, for example, I've seen them kind of diversifying a little bit in their yeah. produce section with different okay. greens and tubers and things. Um, okay. and also online, there is an online shop um, called Natural Ike and he's Nigerian and you can mm-hmm. order some stuff, um, offline. So I always recommend people to try some online sources as well. Okay. Yeah. I definitely like from where from where I'm at um they have there's like a Korean market so I can go there and get certain things but as far as like really going to a specifically Caribbean Jamaican African type market I would probably have to go up to Atlanta so it might just be one of those weekends I'm in town and I'm like oh let me go find me a market or something like that and get some stuff to take back home because where I'm at is not um, like it's diverse, but it's not diverse in that um, regard where they would probably have something like that. Right. I absolutely mm-hmm. understand what you're saying. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> as far as your business, FYI Chef, what, what kind of programs or um, things do you do within that 
within your business. Okay. So um, currently the services and products that I offer are actually more like digital products currently. Um, I've been in business for five years now. So mm-hmm. I was doing a lot, to be honest with you, as a, a solo entrepreneur. And I'm just being you know, honest about it. It just got to be a little overwhelming, but I was doing things like food boxes because I yeah. was partnering with um, local farmers. So mm-hmm. I really wanted to get seasonal fresh produce to people. And then I have recipes in the box along with a bean, a green, and a grain. Mm-hmm. And again, like I said, you would have the um, seasonal produce in there as well. Uh, I was making homemade granola. I was certified through the Department of Agriculture doing that. Um, mm-hmm. And I still do some both off and online things like um, cooking classes, mm-hmm. um, that kind of thing. But currently, and that may be something I actually offer later is why I'm mentioning it. But currently, I do food assessments. And so mm-hmm. those food assessments consist of a series of questions that ask you what you're currently eating, which you're familiar with, Crystal. Yes, yes, I, I did it. <laughs> I will let y'all know about that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it, it, it consists of a series of questions that ask you like um, basic things like your your weight, your height, you know, what's your goal? And then ask you things like, you know, what do you currently eat? What time of day do you eat? What foods do you like? What starches, proteins, vegetables, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then there is a follow-up consultation where we're able to ask additional questions to get more clarity about your current palate. Because I do believe in, again, with feeding your inner chef should definitely meet you where you already are in, mm-hmm. um, in, in like uh, what you already eat. So again, right. it needs to be something that's realistic, sustainable, and so that we're taking foods that you that you tell me that you love, that you eat. And then mm-hmm. we're just putting a spin on that. I'm putting a spin on that where there's recipes created. And then you're able to get those recipes and implement just a little bit something different. But it's still delicious. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> and also, <laughs> I do have a download that I just added to my site for a, a what I call transitional recipes. Okay. Um, and it's an ebook. Yeah. Okay. So I do have that, okay. On that on there as well. So. I have not started with my um with the with the food suggestions that you gave me because I wanted to really be able to dedicate time to it. So after I come, I leave from Chicago and go back to Georgia, I'll be implementing those things. And then I'm actually um leaving to go out the country for an extended period of time in September. And I want to see like what can I potentially pack up or have mailed to me that'll still be easy for me to make while I'm out there with limited resources? Um, of course, there are going to be some things that I have to get there, like yogurt, stuff like that, but like oatmeal and, and stuff that's uh, non-perishable. I'm going to try and get that stuff sent out there to me or mail myself some of that stuff so that I can continue with it while I'm away. Good. Awesome. That's great that you're thinking ahead too. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm like, especially I'll have time to, I won't have like a commute to get to work. Like I'll be able to just focus on being like, okay, I'm going to get up. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to do X, Y, Z. So I feel like it's a good time for me to really start building those habits. Great. I'm so glad to hear that. That's awesome. Yes. Have you, um, so now for me, I am a big 
TV buff, so I watch a lot of TV, but um, on Netflix, maybe about two years ago, there was a documentary called High on the Hog, High on the Hog, How African-American Cuisine Transformed America. And um, I really enjoyed like seeing them go through the different regions of America and, you know, how Black people have like how some things have been passed down to us um, throughout the years and how based on what part of the states you live in, you may change up the recipe a little bit or there might be some variations in it. But I definitely think that documentary is a good place to, I guess, like get some, some context into African culture and how it has influenced the food we eat here. Oh yeah. Um, I don't have um Netflix, by the way, but <laughs> but um I have heard of the documentary mm-hmm. and I know that it is from um I'm trying to remember her name. I'm actually trying to look it up now, but it's a book that was written. I think it was based off, correct? Am I correct yes. when I say that? Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. So I'm from I think it's Jessica yeah, Stevens. Satterfield is the one who I think is actually speaking throughout the um. Yeah, okay, so Stephen Satterfield is the guy's name who did the documentary. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because um, I'm familiar more like with the book. Oh, Jessica B. Harris, that's her name. That's okay. who did the original book, though. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I'm familiar with that. So I, I got a concept of what you're saying is what I'm referring to. Yeah. So I, I would like to see that um, documentary, though. I've heard some, a lot of people talk about it. And they mm-hmm. mentioned it to me because they know what I do with food and everything yeah um so I definitely need to try to check that out though because I think that that it it sounds very relevant to what I do and I Mm -hmm. think it speaks a lot to like you said about how people talk about the authenticity of food and Mm -hmm. where it comes from or how it's made (laughs) the right way to make anything and I think that I've learned as I do more food that most things are right to you or any person is because that's how they grew up eating it and, and right is what I'm learning mm-hmm. um and that's why I tell a lot of times again being in the culinary world not that I don't respect it but really the right way to eat anything is the way you like to eat it like that's just how I believe period point mm-hmm. like, you know what I'm saying? yeah because if, if if you don't enjoy it or again you um don't like the taste of something but I'm just going to eat spinach just because I can or mm-hmm. excuse me just because I should but then there's all these other greens that you should be introducing yourself to that you make like even better. So again, it makes your food experience better and hopefully therefore more sustainable and more realistic. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. So what are some tips? So I know you have mentioned like eating the foods that you are used to eating and um, and enjoying it and not feeling guilty about it. And then there is a girl that I follow on Instagram who is a black nutritionist and she speaks about how um, you should be able to eat your ethnic food without feeling guilty about it as well. So what are some ways that you think people can still eat the stuff that they grew up on but potentially make it more healthy? Let me ask you this and this is something (laughs) we hadn't talked about is plant proteins. Do you like beans? Yeah, I eat beans. So I think that a lot of Black people do eat beans. And I think you mm-hmm. and I talked about this because we talked about Black eyed peas, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and I only eat them once a year. 
<laughs> right. And that's what we're talking about. So this is what I want to talk about with beans. Because I, mm-hmm. I know that we are all about protein a lot of times these days. Everybody yeah. just always talk about, I need more protein. I need more protein. But I'm going to tell you one thing that I learned before I even get into that is that um, there is a doctor I work with here, with here locally. And mm-hmm. we do cooking classes together. And she actually has a kitchen in her facility. And one okay. thing she said that's always been really poignant in my mind is that people are not protein deficient. They're nutrient, micronutrient deficient. Okay. Meaning they're not getting enough potassium and magnesium and calcium or whatever it is that looks like and fiber, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm going back to um, people thinking about how they can replace some of their meat. Because again, meat isn't necessarily bad and I'm not bashing it. But what I'm saying is, is that if you think about protein in a plant base, like beans, then you're getting all those other nutrients and benefits and fiber that you cannot get from meat. And so um, I would, one thing I would recommend to answer your question is trying to incorporate beans a little bit more often in your your eating regimen, because I don't like to use diet. And you're eating regiment. I don't yeah. like to say that. I was eating. <laughs> um, so that's what I would recommend. So let's say, for example, you just want to make a pot of, of uh, chilies. Chili yeah. usually has the basis of beans. Maybe yeah. you don't want to put the ground beef in it, for example. Or um, you want to do like a, and I like to do this with sweet potatoes and do kind of a sweet, savory thing where maybe mm-hmm. put black beans on it, again, instead of maybe like um, sour cream and butter. You know what I'm you saying? You know what? I've actually had that um, mixture together before with like beans and sweet potato or whatever. And it wasn't bad. So like um, yesterday I was at my brother's baby shower and my mother had sent over some sweet potato cornbread and everybody was like, what's the recipe? I said, she ain't going to give it to you. And I don't know it because I don't eat that. But um, they like, I'm going to try and figure out how she make this. I said, well, do what you do, you know. But I'm like, if I, I I'm like, I don't eat sweet potatoes like that. But if I do, I like them plain. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. to eat the sweet potato with the with the beans is actually pretty good. Because like you said, you get a sweet and a savory, but it's not overly sweet. And that's why I exactly. don't eat like sweet potato pie or, or all of that because it's just too sweet to me. Yes, 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 yes. I'm glad you brought that up. So in addition to that, the only thing I would recommend, we were talking about grains earlier, Mm -hmm. is just trying to substitute like your regular white rice with just some kind of whole grain instead. Just try something different. And what I tell people as a tip for that is, so you don't feel like you're overcommitting yourself to a whole bag of something you may not like. Um, Like um, Whole Foods, you've been to Whole Foods and seen those dispensers they have in there, like nuts and candies and beans. Mm-hmm. They have them of beans too. So I tell people, just go in there and get like, you know, a half a pound or something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Of a different kind of bean or something. And that way, again, you don't feel overly committed. <laughs> You're not spending too much money, but you yeah. can kind of sample it and just see if you like it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You don't ever put it on the stove and boil it with a bay leaf and some onions, you know, mm-hmm. and then just try it out. See if you like it. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think uh, beans are a good source of protein. Um, and like I said, I only eat black eyed peas maybe like once a year, you know, on New Year's, y'all know, bringing <laughs> a good look, but, <laughs> but, right? you know, I, I do think it's important to, 
to incorporate more. Uh, because there are more than just black eyed peas. You got red beans, you got black beans, you got lima beans, you got, even though lima beans probably is not my favorite, but it's it's beans out there that um, can be really good. Yeah, kidney beans, fava beans, chickpeas. There's so mm-hmm. many. Then you can roast them. You can boil them. Again, you can have them with greens because a lot, lot of us like to pair it like that anyway. Yeah. Um, where you have like, yeah, <laughs> and mm-hmm. cornbread with it. So, you know what I'm saying? But we need to think about it not like a special occasion, but like you said, that it's something that we would have every as often as we would have chicken, let me say that. That's probably right. a good way to say it. <laughs> we have stuff like that pretty often. Just, just add a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, I think so. When the pandemic had first started, I don't know what I, I don't know what possessed me, but I was like, you know what? I'm gonna just go and buy. A whole bunch of dry beans so I can have it in the house. Chai, I went to the grocery store, all the beans, all the beans was gone. I'm like, I guess everybody else had the same idea. <laughs> really? That is yes. surprising. Yes, I was surprised too, because I'm like, it was like a lot of things that was missing, like flour, beans, like I guess stuff that, and then people were like, yeah, people, since people aren't working or going to work like that, they're just doing a lot of baking. And I'm like, y'all over here thinking about cakes and pies, and all I want is some beans. And y'all right. got all the beans. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, one thing I was going to add, too, are lentils. Lentils is a mm-hmm. good um, protein substitute as well. But what I was going to say about beans is they've gotten a little bit um, more expensive over time, but they, they're very cost-effective as well, um, and they mm-hmm. go a long way. And I think sometimes we may associate things like that with, because um, I, I I find in people that I've talked to that they think of beans and rice and greens as kind of like not having enough or almost like it says like you like don't have enough money. Yes, exactly. And I didn't want to say, yeah, thank you. And <laughs> I, I got to have steak because steak means that, you know what I'm saying? That I, yeah. that I have a certain class of money now, a certain class of mm-hmm. uh, a status about myself that I can afford to buy chicken and steak and shrimp or whatever. Mm-hmm. But those are the things, again, that are staples. Again, of most people of the African diaspora are beans and greens and grains, you know, whether yeah. it's Jamaican, like we we're talking about even in um, um, South America, Southern Africa, those mm-hmm. are really, really staples. And it goes back to, you know, the start of our conversation. Yeah. We're talking about, again, those staple items that typically have sustained people for generations. And again, mm-hmm. it's healthy and it's feeling and it's not expensive. And it's something we yeah. consider, especially now with inv- inflation and things like that as well. I don't, so nowadays, I don't, so now that I'm grown out on my own, buying my own food and realizing how expensive things are, yes, I don't feel bad about buying inexpensive groceries because even if you ever, like when you talk to people and they're like, oh, I'm trying to eat healthy, but healthy food ain't cheap. You know, like it costs me more to eat healthy. I feel like these, like you said, beans are inexpensive. Grains are inexpensive. And you can buy stuff like, you can buy so much of it. Like, I feel like for the stuff that you know you would normally eat, like brown rice, I suppose, or like um, 
your beans, like get your favorite kind of bean and buy yep. like the bigger bag of it. Cause rice, you can buy about a 10 pound. Like, <laughs> right. You know, so like, I, I don't look at it as a poor man's meal. I think that was a stigma put on it some, yes. some time ago because that's what people who didn't have money ate. But it's, I just feel like it's so much you can do with these types of foods that I don't see nothing wrong with with buying it or telling somebody like yeah I had some beans and rice last night for dinner like it ain't that you poor it's just that you're providing yourself some other kind of sustainability in a healthier way exactly and I think that's what we need to start thinking about too and this is what I talk about when I was telling you a little bit because I know your um, podcast talks about relationships so that's one mm-hmm. thing I kind of want to incorporate in this conversation and ask people to ask themselves what is your own relationship with food Mm-hmm. How is it treating you? <laughs> yes. Does it make you sleepy afterwards? Is it causing you to gain weight? Or do you not have mental clarity or focus? Like, how is your food treating you? How does it make you feel? So think mm-hmm. about food as a relationship, whether that be for that day or even in the long term, 20 years from now, and what that looks like. Again, I know we are sometimes, you know, and myself included, thinking about our weight but I really want people to think about other numbers like your blood pressure and cholesterol, that kind of thing. And knowing what those numbers are and, and, and really inevitably eating processed foods mm-hmm. are going to negatively affect our bodies because it's not real. Our bodies are real and we need real food in order to process, in order for our body to process it like it needs to and break it down instead mm-hmm. of having something foreign that it doesn't even know what it is. And yeah. so um, just to your point of again, with the beans and rice, again, it's filling, it's not expensive. And again, it's going to be very nutritious for you with, again, nutrients, fiber and all that good stuff that our body needs anyway. And you can still like beans, you can still make them good without yes. using meat. So um, every Ooh, now yes. in a once a blue moon, I'll do like a 30 day vegan challenge. And I figured out how to make like cabbage without using meat, black eyed peas without using meat. And it was still so good. (laughs) So you can definitely um, make these things taste good still. I mean, you hear places like Slutty Vegan. You heard a Slutty Vegan restaurant, right? Um, I have not been there and I don't particular necessarily think the food is that healthy but (laughs) but I think that is a example of non-animal byproduct type foods that can taste good so if you can do that with kind of like some some unhealthy things you can also do that with healthy options as well yeah and and just briefly to, to touch on that so I went to an event in Asheville I'm a black business expo actually last weekend mm-hmm. and slutty vegan actually was there. They had a food truck there. So I was like, oh, oh nice. cool. You know, again, I'm a foodie at heart. Like, yeah, I'm the person that worked there. would be like, Tiffany will taste it. She'll eat it. Yeah. I'll be like, yep. Show where what we're eating. Yeah. And so I'm like, <laughs> Hey, you know, I'm going to support this black business. I've heard mm-hmm. of slutty vegan. I'm, I mean, I don't know. Cause I know there are always long lines, that kind of thing. I said, Oh, this yeah. is great. But I'm going to be real honest with you, and there's no disrespect to how people choose to identify themselves as an eater. I mm-hmm. don't personally identify myself as any specific eater. I just encourage people, to, again, to eat real food, whole foods, plant-based mostly. That's the only thing I really encourage. So mm-hmm. if people identify themselves as certain labels, 
then, then I mean, that's what they do. But my yeah. thing is when I start looking at the menu and I saw mm-hmm. that everything was processed, mm-hmm. I don't, and again, for what I advocate for, yes. you're not any better off mm-hmm. to eat more food that's still processed. Um, yeah. So honestly, I, I just couldn't even do it. Um, mm-hmm. I think I got like a sweet potato pie and a bottle of water just all to support the business. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I just couldn't do it. Yeah, I heard the sweet potato pie there was good, but uh, again, good. I don't eat that, so um, yeah. <laughs> I would have to find something else on the menu, but, but, it, but, but everything did look delicious, I will say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I definitely think like there are ways to make food taste good, even if you're not using ham ham hocks and uh exactly. stuff like that to, to season it but like even now like I use like smoked turkey if I'm doing like greens or if I am putting meat in my black eyed peas like I use the smoked turkey just because turkey is a cleaner meat than pork um you know it's not very fatty but you can still good get good flavor out of it so yeah. um, that's something else to consider as well. If you don't want to fully just be like, well, I can't not use meat. I think uh, smoked turkey is a good option aside yeah. from pork. And I'll go, I'll go, I'll go um, um, just a little bit further with that. Think about again, any kind of um, spice. So let's say you like, mm-hmm. um, or try cumin. Have you ever heard, tried cumin? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love um, making so tacos can... with cumin. Yeah. <laughs> You can do things like coriander, you can mm-hmm. do um bay leaves, you can do um I'm trying to think of something paprika. I yeah. love paprika, a lot of us do that anyway. But sometimes we just do it as a little coloring on our devil eggs. Yeah, you can put that to season your food too. <laughs> but think about too, yeah, and, and again, all those things have a lot of healthy properties to it, so it's like you have an additional benefit of the mm-hmm. flavor but also there's other properties that are actually um very good for our body so even mm-hmm. think about things like this um onions garlic yeah. again those are things that we may not think about but there's still a lot of healthy mm-hmm. benefits to it but it's going to season your food or even your beans yeah. as well so and you yeah. can make just like people make like seafood stocks or chicken chicken stock you can make vegetable stocks as well yep. Um, and I would definitely recommend um, using vegetable broths because like she mentioned, onions, garlic, like all the stuff that we put in our food, in addition to the chicken broth or the water or whatever, <laughs> that's actually how you make the broth. So, yep, you know, right. you can go ahead and make your own vegetable broth. Um, yep, throw, you some chicken, from, throw, throw you some carrots and celery and all that good yep. stuff in there. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's going to be seasoned. It's going to give yep. you some flavor. <laughs> yeah, because we serious. We want our food to have flavor. That's that exactly part. Right. <laughs> that part. Because <laughs> I, like, whenever I, I remember at one point, like, I've gotten to the point where I know how to eat healthy and make it taste good. But, like, initially starting out, like, as a younger person in my early 20s or whatever, like, in my head, it was just like, I can only eat chicken breast a vegetable and rice and I would literally be so depressed I feel like I was losing weight just because I wasn't eating I wasn't eating because I would eat like maybe half of it and just be like I'm tired of eating like I was not like realizing my relationship to food I was like 
I'm eating this because I feel like I have to eat this, but I hate this and I would be miserable. And so now like knowing there are ways to still be healthy, still make your food flavorful. Like if I, when I decide to be like, I'm like, I'm gonna eat right. You know, I don't feel as, I don't feel depressed about it. I'm just like, you know, Ooh, I'm going to make whatever it is I'm going to make. And I'd be so excited about it. I, I love that you said it because honestly, we shouldn't be feeling guilty about anything that we eat. I, I actually challenge people, you know, people that I've worked with to think about food as in like, um, not like for guilty, but is it helpful or is it harmful or is it mm-hmm. healthy or is it not? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Think about it more along those lines, because I will say this as a mature woman of 51 years of age. Um, and she don't I'm look on- like it, child. She <laughs> do not look like it. <laughs> I'm not on any medications. But also, I've been eating this way probably 15, maybe 20 years. I've kind of lost count. But I say that to say that as you eat more like this, you really don't even think about certain stuff that you don't eat anymore. Like, Mm -hmm. for example, I don't even eat cheese. And people are like, how do you not eat cheese? I'm like, because I don't eat cheese. Like, I know, right? (laughs) Macaroni and cheese. I don't want cheese or whatever I have. Most people do, but that's why I'm <laughs> encouraging you. And once you start, it's like anything else. The hardest part is to start. You just mm. got to keep going. And, yeah. your, and what happens is your palate starts to change. Your taste, your mm-hmm. body, what it wants will mm-hmm. actually be different as well. So if you're feeding it more nutritious things, all of a sudden you're going to be like, darn, my, I want a smoothie. Oh, I taste like I want a salad today, you know, with a homemade, yeah. you know, vinaigrette Girl, dressing. You know what I'm saying? Me, I love me a salad. <laughs> And it, it was at one point you could, not you couldn't pay me, but it wasn't my preference to be like, I'm going to have a salad. But now, like some days I'll just make like a salad, throw some shrimp on it. Now I do have to have a ranch dressing, but it'd be so good still. <laughs> you know, baby steps, baby steps. <laughs> baby steps, you're right. But I always encourage people, try to make your own dressing at home. You just need maybe like a little bit of... um some kind of acid, so you could do Mm -hmm. vinegar, lemon, whatever, and then have some kind of little bit of oil, and then whatever your herb is, so you could use thyme or sage or poultry seeds, I'm just saying whatever you like, Yeah. and then just mix it up, a little salt and pepper, if you want to sweeten it up with a little bit of honey, drizzle it over there, and you're good to go, and all the stuff at your house, anyway, well, yeah, for sure, yeah, I got all (laughs) that at my house, (laughs) okay, good, well, you know, talking about our friend Toya, Sometimes she tells me a lot of times that um, I expect people to have stuff at their house because me and just how my relationship is with food, I'm, I'm, I have a lot of stuff just like on hand because I just think about food the way I think of it. She right. Like, there ain't nobody got that at their house. She tell me that a lot of times. So, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but people don't have like parsley and cilantro. She's like, no, Tiffany, they don't. <laughs> nah, I don't have no. I got dry parsley. I don't okay. have no cilantro, but I do like cilantro. <laughs> But that's another example, though, again, of something you could add to your, um, even if you, I'm going to give this example, too. We're talking about um, whole grains. Let's say you want to just level up with your um, white rice, though. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think I want no brown rice because I really don't like the texture of it. Then put some fresh cilantro in it or some fresh parsley, just, you know what I'm saying, mince it up, Mm -hmm. throw it in there, maybe put like a little bit of lemon juice and just kind of stir it around a little bit. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Because that's how you make cilantro lime rice from uh, Chipotle. We own it. Yes, Mm -hmm. exactly. So (laughs) you just have to think about different ways you can flavor your food. And I want to say this about rice. Jollof rice. Don't know how I forgot that. 
You know, mm. had jollof rice before. I've had it. Yeah. I so okay. um before I went to Nigeria, I had dated someone who was from Nigeria and he was talking about jollof rice. And I was like, I can make some jollof rice. He was like, How you gonna make it and you ain't never had it? I said, he was like, You don't even know how it tastes. I said, Well, I know how to read and follow instructions. You know what I'm saying? And then once I figure out how to make it, you know, I can jazz it up at a later date, but I can make you some jollof rice. Honey, jollof is a serious conversation, by the way. You yes, know that, right? and depending yeah. on where you from, they all think they got the better jollof. <laughs> Ghanaians be like, I, we got the best. Nigerians like, no, we got the best. Then you go over to... Um, where else, where else have I, I haven't been there, but my one friend, she's, she um, travels, she has like a travel group where she takes people over to Af- different places in Africa and with the, with the want to build like businesses between us here in America and those in Africa. Um, and that's her goal with the travel group, but she's mentioned like, um, I can't because we went to Nigeria and Ghana together and then she went on to go somewhere else and the somewhere else that she went and I don't know why I can't think of the name of the place right now but the somewhere else she was like I feel like they honestly got the better jollof out of the other two places and I'm like oh okay I'm gonna have to go and try it out <laughs> but and I like that you that I brought it up because again it's made with a rice. But what I like about it is there's a lot of herbs in there and a mm-hmm. lot of spices and ginger and turmeric. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I think that a, that a lot of times, especially from southern, um, being a southern person, we cook with like salt and pepper. Like yeah. growing up, I don't remember using a lot of spices. You know what I'm saying? I mm-hmm. don't. And that's one thing again that I've learned is that spices is what give food flavor. Yeah spices yes and all those different elements and then building on all that flavor we have four four seasonings salt i have pepper garlic powder onion powder and some (laughs) large seasoning so five (laughs) lowry that's right you cannot forget that lowry yes Look, and some people have like onion salt and garlic salt. Yes. It's a Lowry seasoned salt and then salt and then pepper. And then yes. you tell people, cut out the salt. They say, I don't eat that much salt. <laughs> you just put three different types of salts in your food. <laughs> and that's another point too, talking about salt. To reduce your sodium, use spices, use herbs because your, your food is going to have more flavor. So you don't feel like you got to, you won't need as much salt. Now, salt is good to enhance flavors. I don't get me wrong, but you want yes. to at least have more control over how much salt you're putting in your own food. Right. Which is why, again, feed your inner chef. You need to be really, I encourage people to pair their food at home because you know what's in it. And you right. have a control over, again, how much of whatever is being put into it, especially like salt. Mm-hmm. So do you have... Um... You know, I think today was a really good conversation. It was really a legit freestyle, um, (laughs) but it was a good conversation. Um, And I do appreciate you for coming on the show today. Do you want to tell the Kiki crew where they can follow you at on social media, what what services you offer? And in that way, you know, if y'all out there are interested in getting, you know, a food assessment plan done or looking to incorporate more things into your 
eating habits, you know, y'all can hit my girl Tiffany up. Yeah. So again, my name is Tiffany R. Davis and my business is Feed Your Inner Chef. Again, FYI Chef. And um, you can find me on um, Instagram, also on Facebook. I have a Twitter account, not really on there much. <laughs> and um, <laughs> in order to find my actual services and just get a little bit more information about me, my background, again, my credentials, that kind of thing. Um, the link is bit.ly slash FYI chef. And you can see my food assessment on there and also um, the recipes that I have. It's an ebook um, that um, have what I call transitional recipes, again, for um, breakfast, lunch, and dinner that can kind of get you started with some foods that you probably already eat because I'm always mm -hmm. um, wanting to focus on, again, meeting people where they are. Um, but foods you probably already eat and how you can just kind of start thinking about them a little bit differently and incorporating them and so that they're just prepared a little bit more nutritiously. Yes. Um, again, I thank you for coming on the show. I think that, you know, especially Black people, like we love our soul food, you know, whatever. But soul food has derived from other places. It wouldn't, it, it ain't just Black food that, um, you know, brings about what we love as soul food. And then also understanding, like you said, the relationship we have with food. And I guarantee you, like, I, ha I have done this before, like been on a health kick for almost a year. And then one day just being like, ooh, I'm gonna go get me a burger or, you know, just something from somewhere and afterwards just feeling really like bad afterward you know so I think it's important to like realize how food makes you feel and then understanding like just because you want to be more healthy you don't have to just eat lettuce and chicken breast and and that's it you know what I'm saying like you can right. still make that healthy food flavorful and let me say this about, you know, again, food selection. So I've been trying to be really big on um, learning more about finance and everything. So I'm actually um, members of this finance group. And one mm -hmm. thing I, I kind of, I try to equate to um, food and choices that we make, it's like the stock market and investing mm -hmm. um, that there's always highs and lows, but it's about the long term. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's about mm -hmm. you set your money there and you hope, you know, for 10 years, for example, or 20 years, when you go to get it, it's the, the return that you want. Knowing again, within those 10 or 20 years, there were still highs and lows. So right. if you think you want a hamburger that day or me, if I want a cookie, I'm going to have it. And I don't feel no yeah. way about it. But again, it's the highs and lows. You know what I'm saying? It's about what you do over time mm -hmm. is what matters. And what I, that's what I really try to encourage when I, when I deal with clients is to not beat yourself up about it. Um, not to be like, oh my gosh, you know, I can't believe I ate that. But it's just <laughs> one moment in time, you just pick yourself back up and be like, okay, I'm back on it. Let me do what I know I need to do. And then you're yeah. good to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I would definitely say like, don't allow food to overwhelm you. You know, take control of the food that you eat and yes. enjoy the food that you eat. That's the... Yes that's the most important thing is enjoy your food because it's like yes it's for sustainability but there is joy in food <laughs> yes absolutely mm -hmm. and it should be mm -hmm. I want to experience every time I eat 
Yes. And and every time you go somewhere, like to a different state, a different country, you try whatever the food is that that is popular there. You know what I'm saying? So I would just say equate that feeling or that want every time you eat. Absolutely. I agree with that 100 percent. Every time you eat. Absolutely. Yes. (laughs) So again, I thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate y'all for tuning in. You can follow me on social media and on all platforms at Kikiing with Coco. Um, if you ever want to ask me some questions or just reach out to me, you can email me at Kikiing with Coco Pod. Um, yeah, Kikiing with Kikiing with Coco Pod at gmail.com. <laughs> and then, of course, my website, Kikiing with Coco Podcast.com. And again, I appreciate y'all for tuning in. And until next time, bye. Bye.